0: Welcome to The Creative Switch, the podcast inspiring the sensibly successful to switch on their unexpressed creativity for a more thoughtful life. I'm Nikki Valance, and in this episode, you can listen to an inspirational conversation with my guest, Theo Michaels, along with a couple of features which should get your creativity flowing. But before we get to that, I want to encourage you to head to my website. NikkiValance.com and sign up to join the Creative Switch community and get involved in the creative conversation. Now, let's get to that first feature, The Edge. So, this is episode one, and it'll be the first time you encounter The Edge. In every episode, I'm going to be looking for and sharing with you creative news in all sorts of places. All sorts of disciplines, just anything that I think maybe you might be interested in seeing how creativity is showing up in the world. This week saw the world's top chefs gathered in Valencia for the world's 50 best, which is recognition of the top restaurants across the world. And I was really fascinated to discover that one of the people who spoke there is a French chef called Bruno Verjus, who became a chef later in life. He is a classic switcher. He is someone who, in fact, initially trained as a doctor, but never practiced. Then he had a very long career in business. He is now a journalist and a writer and loves literature. But he opened his own restaurant, which is called Tab, Table, in Paris. And in fact, this year in February, he won his first Michelin star. So becoming a, a restaurateur becoming a chef at the age of 53 he's now reached that height so yeah it just goes to show you never know where the path will take you and you should definitely listen to that that inner passion and connect with it the winners actually this year were apparently for the first time according to the article in Forbes which i can share with you were from for the first time not from i should say Europe or anywhere in North America so this year it was and forgive my pronunciation uh, Virgilio Martinez and Pia Leon uh, who won with their restaurant or came top with their restaurant Central in Lima which was awarded the honor where their food reflects the passion creativity and research that they put into understanding Peruvian food traditions which is a great segue into my conversation with this week's guest, Theo Michaels. I will let him tell you his food story and how he ended up with so many strings to his culinary bow and how it all connects back to family. Hi, Theo. Welcome to The Creative Switch. It's lovely to have you here. I'm honoured to be here, Nikki. Thanks for having me. Oh, we're going to have a really interesting conversation, I'm sure, uh, about creativity. But before we go into the, the meat of that, I'd love it if you could just tell people a little bit about yourself and, and what you do.
1: Uh, so I'm um, I'm exec chef uh, for an events business, which is sort of a day job, I guess. Um, author. Uh, so I've wrote uh, seven books. Eight Number eight is coming out um, end of 2023 tv chef on steph's packed lunch on channel four which i'm contracted to so i do that a couple times a month um run a coffee shop and own a online meal planning service called fivedinners.com and juggle three kids and a a dog which i couldn't do without my wife who works and, and holds everything together
0: amazing so that's that's quite a bit to be juggling <laughs> yeah, yeah. um i'd love to know your food story so if we could maybe we could look at where you if you can identify it, where your food passion first came from can you can you sort of remember where that
1: yeah you know it's it's a really interesting because i read things like this and people sort of ask that sort of question and and the answer is normally uh when i was three i was on my mum's lap on the kitchen stove and all this stuff i think i think for me it's a bit different really like my so my background is greek cypriot yeah and so food and family and sort of being around the um being around the kitchen table, it, it's sort of just part of our DNA. So there wasn't a sort of a defining, you know, moment, an epiphany that sort of went, oh, I love food. It was, it's just always been there. It's just part yeah. of the culture. It's part of the family. Um, so even before Chef and everything else, when I was in very much in the corporate world, um, food was always a passion still. So it's always been there. I think that the turning point was when it went from purely, um, you know, therapeutic home cooking to professional and that was that was a yeah. big turning point but yeah. the food itself is just it's just part of our dna really
0: right so it's more like the question i asked you was where did it start actually it started when you started breathing really because it's been all around yeah, you all of just, your life yeah because from
1: from the earliest memories are. Uh, are being with family and it's sitting around a table and there's a, a ton of food you know Greeks we you know if you've got two people coming for dinner you cater for 10 of course you know it's just the, yeah. <laughs> the natural hospitality of the Greeks and so that that sort of like those memories and stuff they're always there's always a, a thread that tapestry of life There's always a thread of food being part of that um so it's yeah it's just always it's always been there really
0: Okay, so you mentioned MasterChef there. So I'm sure you've been asked this question before, but I want to look at it from a point of view of um, if someone was thinking about doing that, what you were feeling, what what it was that triggered you your decision to actually enter in the first place.
1: So the the motivation was, um, and best put. So I think you get two sorts of of drivers. I think one is you're really excited and you're running towards something. Mm-hmm. And then the other driver is you're really fed up with something and you're running away from it. And for me, it was the it was the lateral of the turn. I remember it vividly. With so at this point, I'd I'd run a recruitment business for seven years that I sold, and I was MD of another recruitment business um, and sat on the board of a PLC. So it was quite a big thing. Um, and it was about year seven of doing that, and I just and I I just was I was over it, Ricky. Like. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing this guy walk through the office. I don't know how old he was, but he was much older than me. And he was sort of like this old war horse trudging through. And I just thought, oh, that's gonna that's gonna be me. And and the money was great. Like the money was was brilliant, but it was but there was it was so obvious that there was it was just an exchange. I'm gonna give you my time, passionless time, Mercy, in exchange for this cash. That and it's so transactional. There was no soul or passionate there was at the beginning of the business but Mm. after sort of 15 years i just sort of i had enough and and so we just got back off holiday i was sitting in the garden and i had that sort of like holiday sunday night blues of having to go back into work and and literally i remember on on the pads this app this thing advert popped up master chef and thought i'm gonna do that and i guess i guess subconsciously there was like a a dream maybe of like what would this could this be Mm. and the other side was you know, it's like if you invite people around for dinner, they go, oh, you're, I, I love, you should go, you should be a cook. You're amazing at, yeah. at cooking dinner. And I always thought to myself, but you've got to say that because you're sitting in my dining room and I've just cooked for you. So, you know, your 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 comments, I've got to take you for a pinch of salt. And so there was also a little bit of thinking it'd be really cool to, to know, actually, yeah. in an unbiased, competitive environment, actually am I any good? So for me, it was that that running away from something, mm. I guess, mm. And so I filled out the form without thinking. And then over the course of the next sort of, I guess, like four months, really, um, mm-hmm. there was like a, a southern phone call out the blue at work. Um, and there was a conversation. And, and the way it sort of goes to get on MasterChef is they, they have a chat with you. And then they go, oh, that, that was great. Um, if you're through to the next round, we'll give you a call. And if you're not, you won't hear from us. You know, oh my god, like oh, the, the you know, the anxiety of waiting for this next yeah. one to come. I don't know. Um, and so eventually it happened, and and you know, I, I got on the show and, and did my bit. Um, but that that was the very long-winded answer to, to why, yeah. basically.
0: Yeah, Inter- interesting because I, I guess a lot of people would think, um, and this is true of lots of the contestants, they apply because they've watched it for years and they've dreamt of being on it, but yours was more okay let's give it a go so i guess at first you didn't feel that anxious but actually as the process went on you got more and more anxious because you wanted it to happen
1: yeah and i think it's i think it's a really interesting bit of psychology because you Mm. start you start day one you're just happy to be there you're like if i go home today it's been great yeah but then what happens is you sort of you go along and your confidence builds a little bit and Mm. you start to think oh actually i'm I'm, I'm doing okay. And then as soon as you feel like you've got a chance, yeah. then you start to salivate and you want it more and more and more. And I think the further you get, the more competitive you get with it. Yeah. And I think that's probably like life. You sort of enter it yeah. going, I'll give it a go. And yeah. then suddenly you're like, actually, I'm doing okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do more and more and more. And you and then you want it even more
0: yeah you mentioned again earlier you mentioned about that the key turning point wasn't really the entry to master chef or even being on master chef it was that was the, the kind of the the reigniting of or the reconnection yes. with this this skill or this talent um or this love or this passion yeah um, but actually that wasn't it it was the okay i'm going to do this professionally so that turning point talk to me about that turning point well
1: it, it was it was a bit of both really it was it, I, I, I suddenly—I mean, when you do MasterChef or something like that, it's—it's all encompassing. So it's—it ta- it ta- mm. literally takes over your life. And you know, there are people on the show that quit their job just to, just to be on the show, just to go through the process. Um, but for me, it was—it was this re-ignition of passion. It was like, oh man, I'm, I'm really dr- like I'm, I'm I'm sleeping and I'm dreaming about foods and I'm mm. dreaming about textures and shapes and colors and flavors. And and it was when I sort of consciously acknowledged. Oh, I've got this real passion again now. Like I'm really enthusiastic. Mm. Like I want this. That that was for me the moment where I thought, actually, I need, I need to I need to change my life because I'm not enjoying what I'm doing anymore. And it mm. is it for me it was passionless and and it's not downgrading in recruitment. I mean, I did it for 15 years and I used to love it, but it just got to a point where I was like, oh, I want to do something else. And so yeah. once I knew there was a passion there. I just thought, you know what? Let's life's too short, right? And and also, exactly. I think one of the big obstacles for a lot of people is pride with things. Actually, mm-hmm. like for me, I think I went on the basis of, you know, what if it all goes wrong? I'll just get a job back in recruitment, or I go into yeah. sales, or I'll, I'll just default into that. So, take away that pride element of mm-hmm. failure. It was like, well, you know, what have we? What have we got to lose? I mean, I was yeah. lucky, you know, to and. to I think to put it in context um, and keep it relative, you know, we we were lucky, you know, wife, three kids, mortgage, the usual ties of, of of existence. And we were lucky enough that when I left the recruitment business, we had a bit of a buffer. So, you know, the, the, and because I think that's, you hear a lot about mm-hmm. people being entrepreneurs and people just go, oh, just go for it. But there is also the reality side of you've got to put food on the table. So for us, we were lucky enough to have a bit of a buffer. And I remember saying to my wife, "Look, I think I'm going to quit. So I was a shareholder as well. So I was like, I think I'm going to exit, leave the business. And she was like, you've got six months, right, to start (laughs) bringing in some cash. I don't know what this midlife crisis is you're going on, but you've got six (laughs) months. And if not, you're going back into recruitment. And I went, all right, fair enough. Let's do it.
0: Yeah, good. I mean having that, that, stru- that structured goal is is good, I think, because otherwise it could you could just wander and not really know where you're going. I I, I was
1: motivated.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. And so much so that you don't just have one thing that you do that's related to food, you have all those different things. You mentioned your businesses and your day job as such and your writing and your TV work. So how on earth do you juggle it all? And also I'm keen to know does the passion still exist? Because obviously you've turned your passion into a job. So I'm curious mm-hmm. to know how that works.
1: Um, so firstly, how I juggle it all, probably badly, if I'm brutally honest. My time management skills need need to be improved, as, as evidenced by today. Like the, the big, like, <laughs> dark elephant in the room is Theo was late for this podcast, by the way. <laughs> um, So – so yeah I mean it, it's it's difficult juggling stuff and i'm and i'm wor- i'm still working on that trying to find mm. a way to be um proactive with things so it's really easy to mm. to get lost in work and become mm. really reactive and so you mm. can spend the week being super busy and think I don't know what I've achieved mm. so one thing that I do try and do is is step back and sort of just reassess sort of, where are we what are we doing what what things do I need to do ignite to to keep keep progressing things in the right direction rather than just responding to a million emails and and just and just being really reactive. Mm-hmm. Um and I guess the other I forgot the last, the second part of the question then which I was going to so, go on to. So
0: yeah, so it's um your passion has turned into your job. How do you maintain the passion? Yes.
1: Uh so I think again I think it's a reality check on this. And for me the way I look at it is a big jigsaw, right? So everyone's career, everyone's life is this big jigsaw. And for me, my my jigsaw of my career, if you like, there's loads of bits of those puzzle that I I really like. And I love this piece, and I love this piece. And there's loads of bits of that puzzle that I detest beyond belief. And it's and it's a, a you know a necessary evil, like doing my accounts, for instance, and and other yeah. bits. Um, and then there's a bunch of other bits that are just blue sky that just fill space that you get on with. And I think as long as you keep in mind that you're not, you know, you're not riding unicorns every morning to work and, oh, I'm doing my passion as a job. And every day is like skipping, skipping in the morning dew outside, like, oh, that's amazing. Cause it's not, it's, it, that's not life and that's not reality. Yeah. And so I think as long as you keep that in check, you sort of go, that's cool. Like I know there's gonna, like with any job, there's gonna be some bits that are just a bit of a pain. Or you know, you stand in there chopping five kilos of onions. You think this isn't the glamorous life that I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you get those little pockets, mm-hmm. those little pieces of the jigsaw that just shine, and it's like, mm-hmm. are they the reasons I do this? Yeah, and you hold on to those mm-hmm. because you know it's like a, it's like a, it's like the perfect dish. You need a. Bit of saltiness and a bit of sweetness and a bit of that. You need you need the contrasts yeah. so that you can easily define all the different flavors. And this and that's the same with life and and careers. I think.
0: I mean, you that's a, a great ph- contrast. Yeah, definitely. It's a great it's a great philosophy about balance as well. Same thing with the dish. Yeah. You need to have the balance. And I think being realistic, uh you need to recognise that every job has those elements to it. But in a way, those those elements are what allow you to 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 build to the bits which are really exciting and 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 joyful. So without the other yeah. bits, you wouldn't have the joy. So you're kind of got to go well. They come together.
1: This is it. And and also you can't beat yourself up that you can do. You know, you look at a normal company. You've got a dozen different departments and specialisms. And when you start off your creative journey and you're trying to monetize or commercialize that, you've got to, You've got to acknowledge that at first you are MD marketing yeah. sales agent pencil shark I'm a coffee maker and you've and you've got to appreciate that actually on some of those you're really bad at that you're just not very good at and some of them you excel in and, and as long as you don't beat yourself up about that yeah. you can sort of go all right you know I'm gonna fudge that and learn it as I go and, and that's my passion project and and I think that's that's what you got to do.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. So do you have, I mean, you mentioned favorite, I mean, I guess of his favorite moments, but do you have of the things you do? Is it creating a new dish? Is it, is it the writing? Do you enjoy, you know, that creative process? Where is your creative passion really kind of stimulated the most in the things that you do?
1: It's definitely like I'm a really good starter. I can start stuff every (laughs) single day, and finishing sometimes doesn't follow suit quite as well. Um, So for me, it's definitely like the the creative sides I love, and 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 it's different facets. Like the TV Mm. stuff, being on Steph's Mm. Pack Lunch, like I I love I love that. Like I love it. Like if there was like a great day at work, that's a great day at work. It's like the people are awesome in front of the camera and behinds. Um, Mm. the process is great and I, and I really enjoy doing what I do on there. You know, it's Mm. really good fun. And and I pinch myself, I mean, it's, it's a long den, it's hard work more than it looks behind the sort of scenes, but I sort of pinch myself and think this is amazing, but I think it's, it's, it's moments. So it's like, I think from really specifically for me as sort of a cook, you know, it's when you make, you create something. And I think a lot of people that are creative will get this, like you could spend, weeks years days whatever making a piece of artwork or making a song or creating a new a new dish a new recipe and for most creative people that's that's such a a personal intimate thing that you're doing right so you do this in in a in a closed room like in a studio or in a whatever and yeah. in a kitchen quietly doing it and then you basically put this out for the world and you've got a big chunkier heart in that soundtrack, on that canvas, on that plate, whatever it is, and if people trample on it,
0: yeah,
1: it, I mean it hurts. It like it's like a stab. But when people love it, it's like this amazing euphoria yeah. because it's 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 a re- it's a it's a really incredible thing to make something and someone go oh, I've really enjoyed that, especially, mm. and, and the creative process is normally a really personal thing. Even, you know, comedy or whatever it is, it comes from somewhere. So there's yeah. always a bit of your heart you're putting out for it. Um, and it's those moments, really, yeah. that you sort of yeah. go, wow. And, th- and that might be, you know, writing a book and someone emails or, or gets in touch. So I did this recipe for my family. It was amazing. Yeah. And you think, that's really cool. Like some person I've never met, yeah. i you know, I've touched them somehow and they've created something and they've had a really cool experience. And I've had this little tiny little part to play in that. And that and they've enjoyed it. And that that just warms you, you know. But it's yeah. creativity is really personal, but that's the that's the the sort of the power para, the paradox nature of it is it's creating this really personal environment and then you put it out for, for the world to trample on. And yeah. you just
0: think, don't yeah. trample
1: on it. And it's that's what it is.
0: Yeah, I think that that sort of um, being prepared to be vulnerable, I think, is the thing, because the, the process itself, as you say, I mean, it, it's not necessarily literally in a closed room, but the feeling that you experience whilst you're creating something is definitely very mindful, and you can lose sense of time. And um, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a wonder, it's a wonderful thing to do. And some people just want to create just for that, just for that feeling. Yeah. But then... If your purpose is bigger than that, and I think this is what you're alluding to here. When you make something, you're prepared to suffer the consequences of something not being uh, liked, because actually you're, the point of doing it is, once it gets out in the world, is to is to affect other people. And it's, it's a one-to-many kind of yeah. model, isn't it? Yes,
1: um, yes, it really is.
0: Unlike- and, that, and that creative
1: process can be can be quite painful. It's not always yeah. it enjoyable. I mean it can be, no. I mean my, my kids would be testament when they have the same recipe for the fifth night on the row and they're like, Oh my god, we're not having this again. I'm like, it's yeah. not right yet. We're doing it again. Yeah.
0: yeah. So it can yeah. be it
1: can be painful. But yeah, it is that that one too many, as you've mentioned, that's a really that's a really great way of looking at it.
0: Yeah. And I think Perhaps maybe the job that you have. I mean, I share with people now. I used to be in recruitment for many years, 20 years. Um, and you have there's times when you, I guess when you start out where you you really get a lot out of that because you're putting people in a situation that hopefully they're going to enjoy and you're affecting their lives. And it is, it's in a different way, it does have an influence on people's lives, but it isn't a one-to-many, it's a yeah. one-to-one.
1: Yeah, and, and 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 you know, I, lo- I loved the recruitment bit at the at the beginning. I I really loved it. Um, and, and, and it does affect people's lives. You know, you're putting them into a job. I mean, that's, in fact, you're, you're affecting the majority of their life because they're working in this new thing that you've found. And, and I used to love the, the best part for me of the recruiting business was when I first started in, you know, typical story sort of in, out, out the bedroom. Um, and I was doing deals and it was like, there was a buzz from doing a deal and there was a buzz from placing someone, but then you sort of fast forward 15 years and the thing that you used to do that you love, the reason you used to do it of doing those deals and stuff, you become so far removed from. Mm-hmm. And so you suddenly sort of find yourself thinking, I've, I've just been in strategy meetings for a week.
0: Mm.
1: You know, I've <laughs> not picked up the phone to a client. I've not put someone into a job. I've not had the fun of ringing the bell in the office. And And yeah. that's when I think you suddenly sort of go, oh, life has changed a bit now. Let yeah. me reassess. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So what, do you think you've you've taken that lesson and applied it to this jigsaw puzzle so that you do hold on to the bits that you you love and make sure they don't disappear?
1: Yeah, I think I think so because you know, if you if you go on your own with something um you need you need a reason to get up every morning because it's it's you know, make no bones about it it is a tough slog. You know, and, and on every level, it's sort of like, there's no one behind you going, right, this is your, tra- this is your job for today. Do mm. this. So you're, you're doing that yourself now. So you've got to be motivated. Um, you know, money is an instant impact. So you used to have this great paycheck and a commission bonus every month or quarter that's mm. come in. And then suddenly you're like, oh, this month, I'm not sure how much I'm earning. <laughs> like, I hope it goes well. Uh, and then other months you're like, oh, we had a great month. And so then it's, you know, you've you've gone from being a passenger on a on a massive cruise ship to suddenly sailing your little own yacht across the yeah. seas. And yeah. that's a different it's a different ball game. And so yeah. you need to hold on to like why why did I do this? And yeah. what's and, and also I think a bit of comparison as well. Like that for me, one of the things that happens every single year is we do we do a corporate Christmas events at Christmas, and they're sort of four weeks of back-to-back events feeding anyone anywhere from 50 to sort of 200 people a night and it's it's non-stop it's rinse and repeat and it's it's back break but we finish sort of a week before christmas and every single year since i've left recruit we're, in recruitment we worked christmas eve till 12 30 oh. right yeah. that was our cut off point and so every year no matter how hard it is i always when we finish for finish for christmas a week before i just always think I'll be working in the office now. I'll be working till Christmas Eve, and I'm not. And so there's that nice little comparison that I always hold on yeah. to for bits.
0: Yeah, no, I, well, I remember that clearly. And actually, the more, <laughs> yeah. the, more the more junior you are in recruitment, um, the more likely oh. you'll also be working. Yeah, you'll be working between yeah. Christmas and New Year. Um, yeah. And uh, and if you work temporary recruitment then the chances are something will go wrong and you'll be needed to sort it out so you never really switch off um which is not healthy it's not healthy
1: no but then again you see I, like, i think it's interesting that point because people sort of go all oh, right it's really cool you run your own business blah 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 um it must be great not having a boss and I, whenever i hear that i think well actually what i've done is i've swapped one boss for basically 25 bosses who are my clients and so when any of those 25 say jump i say how high right yeah. so
0: yeah. yeah there is
1: like this thing of like well actually you know you've just multiplied the number of bosses you've got yeah. um the only good thing is they don't micromanage you so you're okay
0: yeah yeah excellent Ah, oh, it's just it's just uh you're bringing back lots of memories some of which i don't want to don't want to recall
1: <laughs> i apologize
0: that's okay. Do you have any advice for anybody uh, who is thinking about switching direction? Is there anything you've learned from doing that yourself that you'd want people to learn from?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think I think there's a few things. I think number one is is really consider what what you do as this as as your passion. Is it something you want to do full time? Number one, mm-hmm. um, because there's a lot of things that people love that actually they might not love if they were doing every day and it becomes a slog. Um, So just consider it before you make the jump. Number two, I think just go into it open eyes. Like, you know, I sort of don't want to keep coming back to the the money side of it, but the reality is most people have rent or a mortgage or or they've got commitments and they've got to maintain them every month. So, you know, that notion of a bit of a side hustle and building up a bit of a a buffer of income – Um, Is really great because it gives you, and it basically gives you the ability to when you do sort of go right, I'm going to stop this career, and do that career. You've you've already got the ball rolling. You're not you're not Mm. picking the phone up from day one. So for me, I I started to do a few private dining things, um, while I I was still in recruitment, and people like you should do a pop up. This would work. This would work. And so it was at that point that when i sort of quit my job um that there was already like a, i've got a bit of an idea how i can be bringing some money in yeah. tomorrow and that's gonna that's gonna lay a few foundations for where this thing is gonna go and i don't know where it's gonna go we're gonna we're gonna see um yeah. you know and i never dreamt that you know i mean i was on masterchef nine years ago i never dreamt when i left recruitment i'd be doing all the things i'm doing now mm. um so you know be open as well to new that like you might you might think i'm going to be doing this thing this is what i'm doing now this is me but that's going to evolve and and i think be open to that evolution because it's really organic and sometimes it can give you things that you never you never dreamed of um and i think that's a really interesting point so if you're in whatever industry you're in there's normally this ecosystem of a million little businesses that do a million little things and they're all making money out of this one particular industry and Mm -hmm. it might just be me but when I went into food I didn't know that industry so I didn't know what all these tiny little facets were where what where businesses were making money and services and, and how that happened and so you know, you're starting, like, that's the other thing. Be aware, you're starting from ground zero again. So yeah. for me, I went from, you know, a, a board member of a PLC, you know, envy of the, the this business unit. We were turning over over a million. to suddenly sitting in, you know, your front room going, I, I, I've got no, <laughs> nothing around me. There's no, I've got marketing to call up here. Like, there is no marketing. Yeah. Um, and so just yeah. be aware of that. But I think ultimately like follow follow a passion is a really is a really incredible thing and yeah. if you can do it you know grab it by the horns and give it the give it the best damn shot you've got and keep going with it and and if and if it goes great amazing And even if it doesn't go great and you go back into what you're doing you did it you had a goal yeah. and you know 99 of people can't say that yeah. So I think you know, embrace, embrace the adventure, win or yeah. lose. Embrace that adventure.
0: Yeah. Definitely, fantastic advice. That's my twenty twenty three is my year of creative adventures. Is what I'm uh, renaming ah. my blog as, it's it's what I'm doing. This is part of my creative adventures, doing this Amazing. podcast. Amazing. So yeah, and that's it. Yeah, where can people find you? Where if they want to follow you, if they want to. F- yeah, know what you're doing and what you're up to. Yeah, yeah, of Where course.
1: You so um, you can find me on Instagram at Theo Cooks, um, or you can even join, jump onto our uh, online meal planning service, which actually we which we're giving away as a free lifetime membership. By the way, we we changed wow. the um, cost of living crisis. We just thought we'd, we'd help a bit. So you can you can sign up to FiveDinners.com. New meal plan every week, shopping list, all of that jazz won't cost you a penny and it might inspire or save you a few quid as well
0: thank you so much for your time it's been great oh. talking to you i'm sure you have inspired some people to think about switching on their creativity and hopefully you've also inspired them to get cooking too uh,
1: that's the dream well thank you so much for having me nick it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today
0: fantastic great see you soon cheers take care Now, after that great conversation with Theo, I'm going to introduce a little fun feature to get you thinking. You'll find out why in a second. But let me just remind you to head to nikkivalance.com to join the Creative Switch community or follow me on Twitter at Nikki underscore valance. So, who is your doubting Doris? What is a doubting Doris? Many of us, especially those who took a sensible career path, shared their creative dreams with a trusted adult who suggested that they should keep their passion as a hobby because they weren't good enough. I really dislike that phrase. Or that they should get a proper job. Those encounters with Doubting Dorises, and by the way, they're not gender specific, I just love the alliteration, often come at a pivotal time. I'm asking my members of the Creative Switch community to share their Doubting Doris stories in the group and we'll be choosing one per episode to share with you. This time, it's children's author, Damien Hine, who told us he had a major one when he was quite young. He said, you know, when you're little, people are always asking, what would you like to do or be when you grow up? Well, one time he said, I would like to be a policeman so I can arrest my older brother. And another time when he was asked, he thought a little deeper and saw that his love of stories and the way the right book could project his imagination into far-flung worlds where he could go on adventures and meet remarkable people, and he answered, I'd like to be an author. The person's response, unfortunately, or perhaps fortunately, he can't remember who they were, said something along the lines of, now Damien, if you try to do that, then you will very likely not succeed. It will be very difficult And if you do manage, you probably won't make much money. In his little mind, he heard the word no. And he ended up putting away that dream for about 15 years. It was only when he had finished school and university and had the rest of his life ahead of him that he started asking himself what he truly wanted to do in life. And the dream bubbled back up again. Both he and I'm sure his readers are very glad it did. So get thinking about your doubting Dorises and come share your own stories in the community. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Creative Switch. If you enjoyed it, please leave a review over on podchaser.com and if you've got any questions, please let me know on Twitter at Nikki underscore Valance. I do hope you join me and my next guest, Bijal Shah. If you're curious about bibliotherapy, you won't want to miss it. And remember, why survive when you can thrive?